Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, January 27th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Today on the show, five fired Memphis police officers are charged with murder in Tyree Nichols' death. Plus, population shifts worldwide and why they matter. But first, RNC elections and more. The week in politics is today's one big thing. McConnell takes a more centrist role in Congress. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis calls for new blood to lead the RNC. And California Representative Adam Schiff enters the race to replace Senator Dianne Feinstein. Here for our Friday Politics State of Play is David Lindsay, the new managing editor for politics at Axios. Hi, David. Welcome to Axios and the podcast. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here. David, to start, Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's role seems to be shifting. What's happening this week? He is, uh, for years, has been known as the Grim Reaper of progressive policy. That's a self-proclaimed label he's put on himself because he's always been a foil for Democrats. But more recently, he's shown kind of an impatience with the uh, the chaos in the House, and he has uh, left the debt ceiling negotiations to Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, but he's also said there won't be a default, so he's kind of promising no crisis He infuriated a lot of right-wing Republicans in the past few months by uh, backing the big uh, omnibus spending bill in December and then in January appearing with President Biden to uh, tout the infrastructure bill. It's drawn criticism from uh, far-right Republicans. Today, the Republican National Committee will vote on its chair. Who's involved in that and what's at stake for this position? Big surprise on this when Ron DeSantis, who is, of course, seen as a uh, rival to President Trump in a potential uh, presidential race in 2024. He backed, Ron DeSantis did, Harmeet Dillon for the chairmanship of the uh, Republican National Committee. Ronna McDaniel had been long considered the favorite. She has the votes, or it had them last year anyway. But Harmeet Dillon is running an aggressive campaign to lead the party. And so it'll be interesting to see if DeSantis's voice on this carries some weight with Republican voters on the chairmanship. So there's kind of a through line to what we've been talking about, which is basically the 2024 election, which brings me to the question about California Senator Dianne Feinstein. Can you remind us who's already in this race that hasn't really been declared yet? So already in the race... Our Democrat, Katie Porter, her consumer advocacy has won her a lot of fans on Capitol Hill. And then there's Adam Schiff, who was uh, last seen on the House Intel Committee in the January 6th panel, really creating a national figure for himself. The Democrats are favored to win this election. But Dianne Feinstein, the incumbent senator who's been there since 1992, she's 89 years old. The assumption, broad assumption, is that she's going to leave. But she hasn't said that. And I think... Her supporters are probably getting a little irritated by all these Democrats uh, who want to be stars or are highly thought of in the Democratic Party jumping up to, uh, to run for this, announce their intentions before she leaves. 
David Lindsay is the new politics managing editor for Axios. Thanks, David. Thank you, Nyla. Take care. Five fired Memphis Police Department officers were arrested yesterday in connection with the death of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols on charges including second-degree murder, aggravated assault, and official misconduct. Memphis police released a video statement this week. Here's what Chief C.J. Davis had to say. I expect you to feel outrage in the disregard of basic human rights as our police officers have taken an oath to do the opposite of what transpired on the video. The video footage of Nichols' arrest is expected to be released this evening. Here's what we know so far. On January 7th, Memphis officers stopped Nichols for reckless driving. The police say when they approached Nichols, quote, a confrontation occurred, end quote. He fled the scene on foot, and when police tried to take him into custody, there was another confrontation. He was eventually arrested. While in custody, police say Nichols was taken to the hospital in critical condition after complaining of shortness of breath. He died three days later. There's not yet an official cause of death. In a moment, population shifts in India, China, and the U.S. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Populations are shifting around the world right now in some big ways. The U.N. projects India is set to surpass China as the world's most populous country this year. And here in the U.S., experts say we don't have enough people and the economy will suffer if that doesn't change. Here for more is Neil Irwin, Axios's chief economic correspondent, and Han Chen from Axios's World Desk. Han, first, what are the major factors here in these shifts happening in China? China starting early 1970s already encouraged fewer births. That was actually before the one-child policy that was introduced in late 1970s. So during the 1970s, that one decade, China's fertility rate actually came down from six child per woman to actually below three children per woman. Also, the cost of raising a child actually rose exponentially over the past few decades as the standard of living improves in China. And also the third factor is that the women in China became more and more independent and career driven, especially over the last two decades. And they uh, tend to actually push back against social expectations a lot more nowadays. Marriage or giving birth, a lot of women don't think is as necessary as much from their parents as for themselves. And what about India? India is still like growing really fast right now, but is actually trending down. So From the 1970s, India's fertility rate actually declined from more than five births per woman to just below the replacement level of 2.1 in recent years. And in comparison, why is India actually uh, surpassing China? I think because China's fertility rate last year was less than 1.2. So 2.1 versus 1.2, even that really makes a big difference here in the total population. Neil Han sort of laid out that even though India is growing, it has also seen a decline. This is part of a worldwide phenomenon. And I wanted to talk about the U.S. because I think people listening might be really surprised to hear that the U.S. needs more people. Yeah, the U.S. Uh, population growth has fallen below the replacement rate over the last 15, 20 years. That's the rate at which uh, the population is stable even without immigration. So the total fertility rate, which is the number of children born to a woman uh, over her lifetime on average, was 2.12 back in 2007, down to 1.65 in 2021, the lowest ever recorded. So, you know, what that implies is absent higher immigration rates, 
The U.S. has its own demographic challenges, and the things that Han was describing with China apply in their own way in the U.S. So if you think about the finances of Social Security and Medicare, they depend on there being a large workforce that is paying taxes that help pay for the retirement benefits of retirees. If the ratio of retirees to workers shifts in an unfavorable way, the finances of those programs are much more challenging. And that seems to be the path we're on, where the ratio of people in their kind of prime working years to the people uh, who are retired and not working is, uh, is really going to be shifting in the coming decades in the United States. What are you thinking about or watching for next as you think about these broad demographic shifts across the globe, whether we're talking about the U.S., China, or India? In the U.S., I think the key question is, is the decline in immigration during the pandemic a short-term thing, and will that reverse itself? And do Americans start having more babies? You know, do we experience a rebound in the fertility rate? And I would just like to add to that, there's a report that from the United Nations that just came out. They gave a pretty staggering uh, statistic. So the number of people 65 or over is projected to double over the next three decades worldwide to about 1.6 billion in 2050. And that's one-sixth of the total population. So one thing that I'm going to watch out for is more concrete action plans from the most affected countries. So if those countries like Japan, China, U.S. could actually start you know, pushing out some of those plans, they could actually set examples for others to follow. The report actually talked about a few things, reform the pension system and maybe raise the retirement ages and create more job opportunity for women and other disadvantaged groups. Uh, they think those things could actually help in the long run. Han Chen, Neil Irwin, thanks to you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for this week. Axios Today is produced by Fonda Mwangi, Naomi Shaven, and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiyara and Ben O'Brien. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. Sarah Kehlani Gu is Axios's editor-in-chief. Special thanks this week to Oriana Gonzalez, and as always, to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday.